This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, it is now time to speak to Lauren Fix. She is the one that brings the news we usually don't want to hear about the car world. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I know. CarCoachReports.com on the web. You can find her on Twitter at Lauren Fix. Instagram, hashtag CarCoachReports. But uh, also, you might want to check out her YouTube channel, where she does all kinds of test drives and stuff. You're very good at this, by the way. I don't know how the heck you find the time to do it, honestly. It's wild. It is all-consuming. From the moment I get up to the moment I go to bed, it's constantly, once you post a video, you have to share it on literally 20 different forms of social media, including my sub stack. And I have editors all over the world. So Wow. Keeps me busy. Well, uh, I'll yeah, tell the only thing I didn't cover was I was at Goodwood. I just got back. Uh-huh. That was you did not wonder, cover I've never it? Been there before. You didn't cover it? No, I didn't uh, because no one paid for me to go. So we went, my husband and I went actually as a vacation. Oh. Of course it was car related, though. Yes, of course, <laughs> of course. So here's the deal. And I still deal. worked. And I still worked. What well, else was new, right? Yeah, of course. I was driving somewhere. I went down to the coast to go fishing. And when I decided to stop and get gas, I had to do the credit card twice to fill up my tank. Oh, the guy says, really? oh, yeah, you're going to have to uh, do it again. I was like, what? Because it only takes like one hundred and fifty dollars. Some of them only go one hundred, whatever it is. And, you know, I think I had almost two hundred dollars because gasoline and diesel here where I live in the Pacific Northwest is five bucks a gallon if it's cheap and like closer to six some places, depending on where you go. But at least five dollars and fifty cents a gallon. And so, you know, that that adds up. Now, my boat, I put clear fuel in my boat, which is $6.39. So, you know, we're talking. Gas, gas, diesel, boat gas, marine gas has always been expensive. And by the way, if you put 100 bucks in, do the math, that's $625 anyway to fill the tank if it's all the way empty. So fortunately, (laughs) fortunately, it wasn't. But prices of gas is going up. What's going on, Lauren? Okay, so this is one of the things a lot of people are talking about. Why is gas prices suddenly going through the roof? Because I knew this would happen. Because originally what happened is when it was election time, the last time, I hate to put politics in this, but just hear me out. Um, They have the strategic oil preserve, right, where they put the gas aside in case we have a hurricane, a flood, God forbid, a war of some type. We will have security and we hold it. Well, the current administration wanted to lower the price of gasoline, so they literally brought it down to its absolute minimal, which is barely enough to last us about. You're talking about the the reserves. That's what they brought down to the minimal because they they released the reserves and now we don't have them in case of emergency. Right. Yikes. So now gas prices are up and they can't lower it again by dumping more because they didn't have that much. So the previous administration, when they got in, there wasn't a lot, so they filled it back up, and this administration dumped it to lower gas prices, which was not the idea. 
because people were saying how expensive fuel was. We remember that, six, $7 a gallon. But you know what they do is it's sort of a, a test. We raise it to $5, people get upset. We lower it back to $4. Okay, that's a little release. Then we raise it to $6. <laughs> you know, you know how this yeah. goes. No, and then I know, yeah. it drops back to 5 So what's going to happen this winter when we are all using more fuel to heat our homes or whatever, you know, just to travel around? And, of course, in the winter, there are a lot of houses in the colder states that use fuel to heat the house. What's Mm -hmm. What's going to happen? Well, don't you worry. Buttigieg wants you to go all electric because you know that costs more. Yeah, well. And did you see Jim Farley, the president yeah. of Ford, on, on uh, who was he on? He was on Fox News. I don't know. He was on Fox. Yeah. Yeah, it was the other night. Yeah. And, and yes, the th- I did. And the poor guy honestly looked like somebody had his little toe with a pair of vice grips squeezing him. He did not look, he, honestly, you know, I got to take a break. We'll come back and talk more about this. But he did not like the questions because the answers he would have to give, the honest answers were about electric cars. And I think he fell a little short, in my opinion. I asked a couple other journalists, too, that felt the same way. It's like, yeah, he should have really just said, you know what? I don't think that this is really going to be the solution. All right, we'll take a break. Lauren Fix is here, the car coach, carcoachreports.com. We're going to be right back. Stay with us. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Welcome back. It is The Drive. Yes, little sister, uh, another one. I got a bunch of them out there. Uh, Lauren Fix, who is carcoachreports.com. She's very uh, opinionated, which I love because I am too. And uh, that way, you know what? Listen, (laughs) if it's all just PR speak, who really gives a crap about it? You know what I mean? We actually need to talk about these things. I am friends with Jim Farley, the president of Ford Motor Company. I've known him for 25 years. He's a really nice guy. He is. He's, he's, he and was, he is related to Chris Farley, by the way, and does look like him. Yeah, boy, doesn't he look like Chris Farley, the comedian that passed away cousins. a long time ago from Saturday Night Live? Yeah, yeah. yeah they're cousins. Super talented. But uh, I watched him. I specifically ran in the house and I watched the news in, you know, on Fox News at the time he was supposed to be on. And there he was. And I was like, ooh, 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 ooh. Look at that look on his face. Ooh, ooh, ooh. 
He looked oh, I uncomfortable. Oh, I saw that look on his because yeah. I'm friends with him as well. I took a picture of it. I took a picture and I sent it to a couple people. I was going to send it to you, but I knew what you were. By the way, Lauren lost her father-in-law, so condolences to the oh. Fix family. Thank but you. Um, I Thank didn't. You. I didn't want to uh, send it, you know, because it was like right there. But the thing is that his face looked so uncomfortable with the the question. Was it Neil Cavuto? He was. Who was he on? No, 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 no. He wasn't on Neil. Anyway, he was on one of those guys, and he, he was, was on the business channel. Was it business channel? I just got no, it. No, no. It was it was regular well. old uh, regular old Fox News. But the thing oh, was, it was Brett Bear. Brett Bear. That's Brett what. Bear. It was. Yes. The six o'clock news. Yes. Yes. And he did ask him. You know, basically started with the UAW, and he said they have a backup plan, which every brand does. But of course, they're asking too much. We can talk about that if yes. you need to. Yes. But what's interesting is he felt pressured because he took an F-150 Lightning, which is a really cool-looking truck and does cool things and yeah, all that. electric truck. And he went on Route 66 and found himself going, okay, I've been here 40 minutes at a super fast charger, so that should be a full charge. It wasn't. It was a 40% charge. Yeah. And in my eyes, that's the same as going to the gas station, standing around for 40 minutes, filling up your tank halfway and going, huh, wonder what happened. Yeah. Because you wasted 40 minutes. And right. you only got half a tank. Right. Does not work for the masses. And so when he was asked that point blank by Brett Bear, he said, yeah, well, we are going to offer. I love how he shifted. It was really well done. He's well media trained. Well, we're going to be offering a mixture of electric, yeah. hybrid, gasoline, and diesel all in our new F-150, which we're going to be showing tonight at the uh, yeah. at an event. And yeah. uh, uh, so he just literally just. Steered that ship to a whole other direction. You know, you so got, I thought that was well done. You got to feel for the guy because you know, I mean, that's what he's oh, got to job. do. That that right there is called PR, and he did oh, a, he did a great job oh, yeah. deflecting, <laughs> yeah. answering the question. But anybody that has a brain yeah, in their head saw him deflect and went okay, mm-hmm. and saw the uncomfortable look on his face. I was going to say he had a vice grip on his little toe. Actually, I was going to say something that the vice yeah. grip was on something else, but I didn't say that. You can't say that on, you but, can't say that on, <laughs> on, on air. But, Honestly, but yeah. but I feel sad for it, the think guy. Think of it this way. We, you and I both know Bill Ford, and we also know that he's a major greenie, and yep. that's fine. Yeah. But when you try to take a car company whose number one selling product literally of every car made out there, period, is an F-150 truck, an F-series truck, and you're going to tell him to go all electric with that? No. You're cutting off your nose despite your face. So he's doing the best he can because you don't want to lose a position like the president of Ford Motor Company. You want that job. You want to continue building the company in the right direction. Yeah. And as some people have said to me, and in our little world, we all know all the same usual cast of characters. Some people are saying, oh, he's going to get fired. I'm thinking, I hope not. For a lot of reasons. One, I like him. He's a nice guy. And he needs to keep a job. But from the other side, if he leaves, they're going to put some other crunchy, greeny guy in there or gal who knows nothing about cars, who's all about the agenda of the government. And this is a problem because when the government tries to run any industry, especially the auto industry, they don't have a clue. And that comes down to always Pete Buttigieg and Grant Holm, who also went out on the road with four vehicles that were U.S. made. And she had people going ahead like you would like you would do. If you're Wait a minute, who's a who's Grant who, who's Granholm? Who is that? Jennifer Granholm is in charge of energy. 
Oh. The past governor of Michigan. Oh, she's right, a right. Genius. Yeah, I saw that on she's the news. She's a moron. Yeah, she's a moron. I'm oh, honest. and I don't care if she writes me nasty notes. Oh, but oh. <laughs> whatever. All right, her lover. Hold tight. Well, there's so uh, much to so- talk about. Because now, Lauren, again, you are going to bring more really good news people don't want, bad news, uh, about uh, Pete Buttigieg, uh, something about by the mile taxes. All right, don't go anywhere. This is all the bad news you don't want to hear, but you need to. We'll be right back. This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru. Discover the all-new 2024 Subaru Crosstrek Wilderness. With exclusive technology and safety features, it's packed with upgrades to its off-road capability. Standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, 9.3 inches of ground clearance, 182-horsepower Subaru Boxer engine, and improved gearing to climb the toughest trails. See what's beyond the far boundaries of the map in a rugged Crosstrek Wilderness. Adventure on the Edge. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Lauren Fix joining us. She is the car coach from carcoachreports.com. You can also find her on Twitter, at Lauren Fix, Instagram, hashtag carcoachreports, and our YouTube channel. Go check her out there. Um, Lauren, so the, the, the bad news is people are seeing it. They, they know it's happening. The price of gas is up. Uh, we should finish that. And, and there's, I mean, the problem is we could talk about this for an hour, but there's even more oh, bad news easily. coming. But uh, let's finish I'm up sorry. this. Sorry, we could the bearer of bad news. Uh, <laughs> right. I should answer your question on the gas prices. Typically, yes. when gas prices increase, the main culprit is the cost of oil. Right. So every month, the cost of oil has increased because of new regulations. But also note that we are producing less, and we just canceled the lease that they agreed to in Alaska, which means. We are now beholden to OPEC and Russia. Oh, so nice. OPEC is what the Middle East, Saudi Arabia. Right. They're producing a million barrels less per day. And you know why? Because they've already said it out loud and they really don't care. They said, we're lowering our production to increase the price. And you're going to pay the price. And we still have some leases left with Russia. And they've increased the price because we're certainly not being their friend. So your friend is not going to charge you a low price. They're going to jack up the price. Mm -hmm. And all of this, and again, we've got winter gas. And winter gas is constantly more expensive than regular gas. So about September 15th, refineries will switch from making summer gas blend to winter gas, which you really don't need to switch. But until the government says otherwise, they're doing this and the oil companies make money. And this is expensive. So, and that's Uh partly why gas prices are going up. But don't worry, Pete Buttigieg, sent out Jennifer Granholm, as I was saying before the break, and she took a bunch of cars, four U.S.-built cars on Route 66 and sent her, uh, you know, a head team to make sure there were chargers available, fast chargers, of course, so they could make it look like everyone can travel across the country. Right. Well, when they got to the first set of chargers, one of them wasn't working, one had someone charging in it, and the other one, someone had just pulled in, so they took their gasoline-powered vehicle and pulled into the one fast charger and waited. And Somebody pulled up, they had a, a baby in the car, and they were literally um, the end of their charge, and they needed this fast charger, and the person would not move their vehicle. Oh my they said, God. we're saving this for Jennifer Granholm, and they said, we don't care, we have a baby in the car, 
we're on a road trip, you're holding us up, and they wouldn't move and it turned into a war of words. They called the police, 911. The 911 report has been released. Oh, my God. And the police came and made them move the vehicle. So when the whole group of people came with Jennifer Granholm, they couldn't even charge. They had to wait. And so they had a bunch of issues like that going across the country, and she ended up with egg on her face. But don't worry. Pete Buttigieg to the rescue has said, don't worry, we're going to charge a by-the-mile tax. That's already been approved. By the mile. Place with, nice. By the mile. So you're going to, that doesn't mean that the federal gas tax goes away. The GOP did try to do that, and it was turned down because the Democrats didn't want it. So they have a by-the-mile tax plus your gas tax, and everybody's going to pay. And you know there'll be people that'll try to cheat the system. And I'm not going to say how to do that and how people are saying they're going to do it, but I'm sure they will. But the state of Texas even has already started charging an additional $200 per year if you purchase an EV, and then they're going to add a buy-the-mile tax on top of that. So it's $400 at the purchase of the vehicle, $200 per year post. Yeah. Okay. So Oregon's doing it. So Oregon's doing it. Here's the question. When you say... I know how they're going to do it. I mean, sooner or later, it's going to get out. We might as well break the news here. How the heck are people going to get away well, with that? They figured out ways to roll back their odometer, and they're not going to tell the truth to the insurance company, oh. the state inspector, or anyone else. They're going to lie about the numbers, or they're not going to drive those vehicles, or they'll have multiple vehicles, or they'll go buy another odometer from the salvage yard like we used to do back in the day. <laughs> But, right, because uh, all you got to do is he, buy a new cluster. Really want you to, to drive anyhow, oh so <laughs> he gets his cake and eats it too, I guess. You know what? They're but, uh, they're creating remember, cheaters out of people. Is what they're doing by taxing the living hell out of them. These oh, governmental relations whistleblowers too. Yeah. Don't oh. you worry. Remember they had whistleblowers. Oh, if you didn't yeah. wear a mask or you didn't get a vax or you lied, remember they had whistleblowers. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know that's coming. But Pete Buttigieg doesn't want you to drive anyhow. They put limits on gas stove. They don't have gas card cars. You don't want. Remember the new one. They don't want you to drink more than two beers a week. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even drink beer and I'm laughing. Uh, I'm going to start drinking anyway, beer just so I can drink more than two beers a week. So can... Oh, me too. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have more than two beers a day just oh. to piss them off. But, um, so the White House is trying to ban everything. So the Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg, appointed, you know, obviously he's been appointed to his position, claimed he is the pr- that he has transportation equity. Mm. you love these words, claiming that the privilege of owning a car ignites systematic racism and should be banned because of their negative impact on the environment. Mind you, these people are not all engaged in the automotive business, nor do they understand the freedom connected to cars, or maybe they do understand that. But his advisory panel has stated that all cars are bad and that zero emission mass transit is the only way hence their 15-minute cities, which I've covered on my YouTube channel. Yeah. But they're claiming that cars are racist and their anti-car propaganda is out there, and they're pushing it. And they say, in quote, racism shaped the urban and suburban areas, where even today we see residual effects. She prefers 15-minute cities. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. So this oh. is part of what they plan to do, and they're going to tax you and make it so difficult. Hey, you know what? They did that. I, I'm Jewish. My family was chased out of Europe by Hitler. You know, they t- start taxing you to death, and when they can't take tax you any further, they come and take things that belong to you. Mm. So uh, if you let it happen, you can't. It just take, takes you standing up and saying, listen, we elected these people. Either you do what we ask you to do, or you won't be back. There so you we'll go. make sure of it. It's uh, the book 1984. It's 1984 all over again. Lauren Fix, thank In you. Thank you for being yeah, so like, honest and forthright about what you think about what's going on in this crazy world. Uh, I know. Yep. That's sad but true, as they say. 
Lauren Fix. You can find her at carcoachreports.com. We're going to take a break and be back with more insanity here on The Drive. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Well, joining us now is the man, the myth, the legend, Carl Brower. And um, Carl, I will tell you, Carl, you you are the one of the few guys that I know that will have the skinniest of skinnies on the strike, the potential strike from the, um, what is it, the, the auto workers. And, and, but on, more than that, because... Even though you and I, for the last, oh, I don't know, 25 years, whatever it's been, would have normally been talking about the Detroit North American International Auto Show as like the big thing, this year we could just call it the, uh, the little thing <laughs> because there wasn't much going on, which had happened this week for the, the journalists anyway. It's going on for the consumers right now. It seems like the auto shows anymore are more like conventions for golf carts. Everything electric, and unless you're unless you are in love with the electric vehicles, which I am not, I'll admit it, I am not. I don't mind them; they're fine. There's a place for them. All the municipalities need them. I think they're great, and they're going to have them soon because they're not being sold, as as everybody uh, was suspecting that would happen. But the uh, Detroit North American International Auto Show was kind of just a real. Anti-climax, you might say. By the way, folks, Carl is with iccars.com, executive analyst. He's on the board, and he's a member of the North American Car, Truck, and SUV of the Year. And he writes for Forbes Autos and does a lot of other stuff as well. Joins us here on the radio show. And I see you have a million things to talk about. Can we first talk a little bit just about what you know about the strike? I saw Jim Farley on the news talking about what he's trying to do, who's the president of Ford Motor Company. They're still at an impasse, right? Yeah, they are. And it's just unavoidable that there's going to be a strike, first of all, because you've got the leader, Sean Fain of the UAW, who's their leadership, and he's been talking a real talk for the last like month about how, you know, we're not going to surrender because we have been completely mistreated and abused by the automakers, and we need to be given our due. That's been his Oh, this line. sounds so familiar. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So there's no way he's going to go back to them without ever having had a strike and be like, okay, well, we kind of caved a little bit. We gave them what they wanted. 
You know, he's not going to do that. And so they're also asking for the, the sun and the moon and the stars. I mean, I, I think most Americans would love to get a 40% pay increase. Yeah. I don't think most Americans think it's realistic to expect a 40% pay increase. And then also the pension issues that they've got and the tier issues, the tier being, you know, how long it takes to get from like entry level pay at, in the UAW to full pay. So they, they kind of asked for everything. And, you know, it's a negotiation, right? You don't go into a negotiation starting at what you could barely, you know, live with. Right. Because by the time you get to the end of the negotiation, you're going to be in big trouble. So you go in, you know, asking for the moon and the stars. And if you get, you know, half the sky, you're pretty happy. Right. So that's all fine. But the bottom line is he's going to strike and they're way far away. And don't forget in terms of like the cycle that I keep bringing up, right? We had a, a recession that almost took out two of the three automakers and it didn't because they got government help and they renegotiated very aggressive contracts with the AW, which let's be honest, were ridiculous before that renegotiation. Right. The pay that they were getting, the um, benefits, the pensions, it was unsustainable. It, it forced automakers like GM to produce cars at a loss because it cost them more to not produce the cars and then have to pay the UAW, which was like, you know, you got to pay us even if we aren't making cars. They had that in the contract. So there were ridiculous provisions in the former UAW contract that made the U.S. automakers incapable of being competitive and profitable. Mm, yeah. Now, the last 10 years, guess what? Selling cars was a pretty profitable business for all automakers, and it was extremely profitable for the U.S. automakers because they didn't have ridiculous the cost of uh, production issues written into their contracts with the UAW. Well, now we're coming to a new renegotiation. The UAW has watched them cash in for 10 years, somewhat you know, justifiably has said, okay, it's time to pay our fair share. We've watched you guys make a lot of money in the last 10 years. Well, we were being based on the recession time negotiation. Give us proper pay now. Sadly, as you were just talking about, we're being forced, we being the automakers and the automotive industry, forced to make EVs increasingly. And guess what? You, you probably already know this, Alan. EVs aren't nearly as profitable as gasoline-powered cars. Right. In fact, a lot of them are money losers. So we're just coming off a really good 10 years. The OAW is saying, give us money. We're coming off a really good 10 years. And the U.S. automakers are rightfully saying, that's fabulous. We have come off a good 10 years. The next five to 10 years could be really ugly. And we could be back in a bankruptcy situation with government bailouts if we have to make this many electric cars that don't have any profit built into their business model. Mm. Well, what was it that uh, was it? President Reagan said, uh, the scariest thing you can hear is, knock on the door. I'm here from the government to help. And with all these, yeah, no, it was just the nine scariest words you'll ever hear. I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. There you go. There you go. And the government regulations and oversight is what is destroying this entire country right now. And the automakers are way high up on that list with all these mandates yep. to make electric vehicles. And then yep. what they're doing to our oil industry, our, our fossil fuel industry. The battery insanity, because the, the building of the batteries and all of the controversy around all of that, there is so much crap that it just makes a person want to pull their hair out. And well, uh, this is how you know. I wish I was a better, you know, comic artist because I had visions in my head all the time. It's like, boy, this would be a good one to like do a comic about, like you know, Henry Payne, our friend, who's really good at that. And here's an example. I feel like. There's like, I want the comic and I want this machine. I want this, this machine that's running. And it's like a very powerful machine. And there's all these like pulleys and moving parts on it. But it's this, but it's like moving like 
it's like an earth mover. It's moving all this massive stuff and it's operating like this. And then next to it, I want clearly identified government officials chucking two by fours and rocks and pieces of metal at the machine's various moving parts. Right. That's what that's because that's how I look at it. It's like, man, the fact that capitalism can work as well as it does in spite of, not because of remotely, but in spite of people who are chucking things into it, trying to break it, and yeah. it keeps chewing them up and going on, <laughs> I know. trying as best it can. That's what we're at right now. Yeah, no question about it. Well, let's just cross our fingers that some sanity bubbles up in this guy, Sean Fain, United Auto Workers. And, you know, maybe, again, you said it, Carl, Carl Brower, you said it, that this is all a game and it's got to be played all the way to the very far end. And um, please, please don't make it come to a strike. But it may even have to get to that. That may be part of it. We'll take a little break. This is... uh, the drive, a little uh, Bon Jovi, living on a prayer, because that's what we're doing. We'll be right back. The word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Oh, here it comes. Here it comes. Oh, yeah. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Pump it. Pump the brakes. Pump it. That's what he's saying. Pump the brakes on electric cars. Please. Carl Brower joining us. ICcars.com. Carl has a little report on the North American International uh, Golf Cart Show. I, I mean, auto show. Sorry, Carl. (laughs) No, you got it right the first time. All electric. What is going on? So, I mean, at the New York, uh, New York, how do you like that? At the Detroit Auto Show, from what I understand, there was really not much to speak of as far as news. The big three are there. Ford, Stellantis, which used to be just known as, uh, well, it's... What was it known as last? I don't even know, but let's just call it Dodge and Chrysler. And then, of course, General Motors. So what they had was the new F-150 refresh. They were doing a lot of tweaking and twerking about the new F-150, but they they added a few nice things. They finally caught up with uh, General Motors with their tailgate that opens, you know, has a little section in the middle that opens. And they did a refresh on it. It's nice looking. Then, of course... I own a Jeep Gladiator. I don't know what has been done to the Gladiator. Do you have any uh, recollection on what that was? Some little refresh. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't look that closely at all. You know, I remember it yeah. wasn't anything or shattering. Yeah. But they updated some things. You know, mid-cycle refreshes, it's, it's like, sadly, it's, it's like a recipe, and you can pull a cookbook pretty easily. Right. What's it take to mid-cycle refresh a car? Well, you don't want to spend any money, but you want to make it look like you did. Yeah. So everything in front of the A-pillar on most cars is bolt-on, hood, fenders, grill, headlights. 
so those things often change. Oh, that's the, easy. The new such and such. No, you mean the new fenders on the such and such. Right, right. right. So that gets done. And then there's interior changes they do, and then maybe they add a trim. Yeah. I'm pretty sure what I just said, without remembering anything about what they actually said about the Gladiator, I'm betting that whether everything I just said is probably pretty close. Right. So, changed. but the only one out of the, the vehicles, you know, Cadillac uh, did a little something there, but was GMC Acadia was like a brand new vehicle, yeah. and out of all the automakers, that's like one of the only ones that was like significantly new or brand new. Right. And Alan, you remember this? You used to go to the Detroit Auto Show. I remember it was classic, you know, it was in the cold winter as it was for decades. Right. And Sunday was concept car day. Remember those, by the way? Concept oh, cars? Yeah, You'd see concept cars on Sunday. That was concept car Sunday afternoon. Then Monday was like a full day, like the first press conference. Oh, yeah. NACDOY, and it would happen at like 7 or 7.30. And by yeah, 8 that's or North 9, American you know, Car and right? Truck of the Year. Anyway, that's NACTOY. Yeah, ahead. yeah, yeah. North American Car and Truck of the Jury I'm on. And then by 8 or 9, you're into the full-on thing. And you're having like at least two an hour, like you know, twenty to thirty minute things, and then you get ten minutes, and then the next one hits from like nine to like three. Nine. And then on how Tuesday, about how about like seven on sometimes when they had so many, they just kept making it earlier yeah. and earlier and earlier. Sneak peek yeah. of this and sneak peek of that, and you had to be in the place by eight, which means you got to get up at like five to be able to eat breakfast, to get going, to get on the shuttle or the bus and get over there. And today, what did they have? The North American Detroit Auto Show, they had some refreshes and one new vehicle. It's sad. It's a yeah. sad state of affairs. Yeah, they had four conferences, three at the actual show, and then Ford had their own. And at, uh, between those four, you had three refreshes and one full redesign. And again, when we were talking about you know those conferences starting at 7 and going till 3, and by the way, then they'd have another day. You had three press days, and then you'd have stuff from like 9 to like 1. You'd have like a, you know, you'd have... A half day Sunday of odd concepts, a full day, like sun up to sundown Monday, and then you'd have another half day of stuff. And these weren't, you know, trim introductions. They weren't introducing new trims or refreshes. These were all new cars. These were substantial news across 40 automakers. Right. And now you had four things and one was a redesign. Well, you know, what's funny is one of the guys that I know that went, you and I both know people that went because they, they either live close to or in Detroit, you might say. They had what, was it uh, Hootie and the Blowfish, uh, Darius Rucker singing on stage live. And they actually, from what I heard, now that I don't know this to be true or not, but one of the guys says, yeah, they had a rent a crowd. I don't know anybody there. There's like a handful of people, never seen all these other people before. Family and friends were invited because it was such a low take rate to the journalist for a refresh of the F-150, which is their most important vehicle. I get it. But it, it's, yeah. it's what happened to our industry. It's just apathetic at this point. Nobody cares about these well, electric things they're making. You know, I mean, you got to look at it. It's like VHS, right? You know, it was the greatest thing since sliced bread right. until it wasn't anymore. Yeah. And there's just better, more effective, certainly more cost-effective ways to get automotive information out than a two and a half day auto show with, were we just talking about unions? I, you know, yeah, remember right. there were jokes about what it cost to build those, uh, stages, the, the platforms, the boots, right. that they would, they would introduce these cars on. And, you know, I never had to work with them because I didn't work at an automaker, but all the automotive employees I knew, and I think you probably heard the same stories, Alan did. And they talk about how, you know, there'd be like a box of, brochures and they'd want to move it from one side of the of the booth to the other because they had to reallocate some space 
and if one of their own people picked it up to move it, they got screamed at. Oh if, yeah. Uh, if a uh, no, I remember. Union person saw that. I remember hearing about a decade ago, and I think it was Audi. I think Audi spent something to the effect of, and I, I, please God, if I'm wrong, don't strike me dead, but it was something to the effect of fifty million dollars for the Detroit Auto Show. For their booth, yeah. their display, and all the things it took. Ay, ay, ay. Those days are gone. It's cars on carpet now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. golf carts on carpet. Oh, I'm so mean. I know, I know, I know. We'll take a little break and come back and hear about some of these electric vehicles. It is the drive. <laughs> oh, if the sky comes falling down for you, there's nothing in this world I wouldn't do. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. You know, as as wonderful as the automobiles are of today, and they are wonderful, fantastic, fantabulous, I feel that this is a very low point in the ebb and flow of the car industry because it is being so overly... Uh, regulated and mandated and uh, uh, you know messed with by the the government so it's a low point and I feel bad for my brothers and sisters of the auto industry because I'm 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 not even an analyst the way that Carl Brower is from iccars.com I'm just a talking head with a bunch of opinions I am a car guy I've owned wrecking yards, body shops. I've owned a used car lot. I've bought and sold thousands of cars. I've built cars. Today, I have more tractors than I do cars. I have about 10 tractors, Carl. Anyway, it's because I seem to have lost interest, but I'll tell you that I have friends that, you know, that love to read Motor Trend and Car and Driver and Road and Track and all these. Many of them are like, you know what? I just don't care about all those electric cars. Now, I realize... We have to go through this, and on the other side, we'll come back to our senses at some point when there's maybe new, new people in the, in the White House. Who knows? But I know that, look, Kia makes wonderful cars. Hyundai makes wonderful cars. Subaru makes wonderful cars, and Dodge makes wonderful cars, and General Motors, and Ford. Everybody does, but they're being mandated to death. Now, can I give you one minute per vehicle to talk about three new electric vehicles? That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> That's as much time as they deserve, sure. 
so uh, I'm living in the EV world right now, so it's a good topic, you know, even if we're not talking about it in the most effusively uh, complimentary way. Yeah. I drove the new EV9, which is a three-row SUV that Kia produced and let us drive uh, only if you were on the North American car truck and, and uh, SUV of the year jury. So it was a pretty cool special trip for just us jurors. Yeah. We got to drive the car, three rows, large, kind of boxy shape, lots of interior space, up to 300-mile range and um, some decent power out of the dual motor version. They haven't released pricing. It's going to be a pricey vehicle, I think. But the thing is, there's hardly any three-row SUVs, really functional three-row SUVs that are electric-powered on the right. market right now. And the other ones are 75 to 100 grand plus, like the Rivian. Right. So I think they're going to do the typical Kia thing and price it like 10 to 20% less and end up having one of the best cars for substantially less money. All right. Um, electric. Big, big hopes for the EV9. That's an electric then vehicle. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, EV9. And now the other one is the Kona, the Hyundai Kona, which actually isn't pure electric. There's an electric version. There's also a combustion one. Okay. Drove it recently. Another good one, another Hyundai, great value, really cool dual 12.3-inch standard uh, display screens, even in the base model, which starts around $25,000, which to you and I sounds like a lot of money, but to sadly in today, that's a pretty cheap car, a new car. And really just a great-looking car, great driving car, space-effective car, despite the fact that it's their smallest SUV, you're surprised yeah. how much space there is in it. No, it's and a there's good, an electric I, version, too. I've driven them for years now, and, and they're really a nice little car. And I'm glad that they're smart <laughs> enough to make both EV and internal combustion engines instead of just making it one way. Like this EV9, all electric, man, they're putting all their eggs in one basket. But continue. All right, give me one minute on the Hyundai yeah. Ioniq 6 EV. So the Ionic 6 has been out for a while. It already won World Car of the Year, the one Duran wow. one. We didn't have it in early enough to vote for North American Car of the Year, but we will this year. And I think it's going to have a good shot at doing quite well. Great car. Clearly a Model 3 knockoff and going after Tesla's Model 3, but that's not a bad thing. That's a good market. Tesla sells one or two of those. Beautiful car inside and out. It's fast. Beautiful. Great ergonomics. Everything. But... I had my charging adventure where I was coming back from San Diego. I knew it was going to be tight, but I was like, I'm going to make it. I'm going oh, to get to the no. electric by America charger I know about. I get there. There's someone at every station. I had to wait. Finally, someone leaves, and the pay system won't work. And I am now down to critical <laughs> distance, Alan. I limped it to another location. I had to wait again. Someone was, This was 1025 at night on Sunday night, by the way. Ugh. I get to another location. Had to wait only about five to ten minutes. Someone moved, went in. The pay worked. The thing charged. I spent an hour waiting around for it, no! and it was fully charged. No! But it was a pretty stressful couple hours yeah! there, and and I got to experience what you hear from people all the time with these cars, which is they work great when you're driving them, but the idea that you can just solve your energy problem whenever you need to without any stress like you can in a gasoline car is completely untrue. And you're hearing more and more people as these things go more mainstream yelling about the same thing. You so know like, what? I feel like I saw some guy that was just on some social media thing, and he's like, I feel like I got conned. Yeah. And this car is not at all oh. dependable as a usable oh. piece of transportation. Oh, that's, that is, every car comes with a year supply of Valium to deal with the stress. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, thank you. Um, you can find a whole lot about all this stuff because Carl Brower is an executive analyst for iccars.com. Um, there's another hour to go. I'm sure it's going to be full of ruckus the way this one was. We'll be right back. Stay with us. I've seen the toughest This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru. Discover the all-new 2024 Subaru Crosstrek Wilderness. With exclusive technology and safety features, 
It's packed with upgrades to its off-road capability, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, 9.3 inches of ground clearance, 182 horsepower Subaru Boxer engine, and improved gearing to climb the toughest trails. See what's beyond the far boundaries of the map in a rugged cross-trek wilderness. Adventure on the Edge. This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real-world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, here in this hour, we're going to talk about, uh, well, some test drives and some uh, more test drives of newer cars and then maybe some other test drives and then some motorsports. Um, to start off things in this hour is uh, Stephen Cole Smith. I lied. I thought Carl Brower was going to be on. Can you do me a favor, Steve, and uh, act like Carl Brower? Deep voice. Let's see how you sound. I can act like Carl Brower. Oh, if you geez. want me to, I'd be more than happy to. You just anything I can do to accommodate Alan, I certainly would enjoy doing that. Oh as, man, that's as great. My, as my father, Carl Brower Sr., once said, Carl, do what Alan says and you'll be fine. That's awesome. I'm sending this to Carl. I told uh who was I told uh, uh, who was on in the last segment there? Brian Moody. I told him Carl was going to be on. We were talking about Carl, and then I looked down. And I go, oh, it's not Carl. It's because I was looking at something he posted in my brain. You know, I'm at that point where the fumes yeah. affected my brain. So I, so you called me because Carl Brower was not available. I am, uh-huh. I am the second. I'm, I'm second tier all no, of a sudden. No, no. Actually, it was just my mistake. I, it, it, Carl, hold on. Let me see if Carl is available. Hold on a second. Let me just. Ah, uh, okay. No, yeah. no, I'm joking. He's not. But anyway, uh, Stephen Cole Smith, everybody, Haggerty.com on the web and Grassroots Motorsports. Uh, motorsports guy extraordinaire, but he also does some test drive reviews, of which I understand. And there are people out there that, that uh, review certain cars that I'm like, yeah, 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 you like all this type of car. You know what I mean? Um, right. And that, to me, that is, um, it points off, if you know what I mean. You are the kind of guy that if you like something, you really like it. If you don't like something, then you you struggle to find what to say about it. So I'm curious. I know you're driving the Ford F-150 Lightning all-electric truck. So let's see how this goes. Well, there are real advantages to it, such as pulling up to the uh, speaker at a McDonald's and you don't have to turn off your diesel engine for them to hear you. Um, It's really quiet. But it's, you know, it it has a 320-mile range, and I can only get it up to about 290, and it clocks off those miles pretty fast. I'm down to about 200 now, and and you're always doing the math in your head. How much do you have to drive? Where are you going? How often are you going? Yeah. And where are the chargers at? So I, that, my chargers are at Walmart. They're the closest ones to the house. <laughs> so uh, I, I tend to, you know, do my Walmart shopping while the, the truck is recharging outside, which I did the other night. And, but, you know, but, it, it charged up pretty quick. 350 kilowatts, so it'll go pretty quick. I'm I just curious because... You just admitted to something that I, I'm very curious about. Was that you 
No, that wouldn't have, you don't actually you don't go in there with a cane and speedo underwear, do you? Just the speed with a tank top t shirt? Was that you? Um I I don't see what's wrong with that. I saw I, uh, I saw a video of that on TikTok the other day. <laughs> and I was wondering. I thought that kind of looks like Stephen Colesmith. <laughs> Kane and a Speedo. Yeah, that was me. That was me. Oh my yeah. god. You my walk my it. walker wasn't available, so I had to use a cane. But you know what? It's, BJ just talked about this a minute ago. There's three chargers per ten thousand people in America. When you went wow. to Walmart in your Speedo with your cane and your tank top, did you have to wait in line to get into the charger for your uh, lightning pickup? I did not. There's three chargers that have two uh, outlets, so technically there are six chargers. And the only other car there was a uh, Mustang Mach-E mm. that was charging up. And I've been there before. There was a Rivian but no, I've never had to, to wait in line to charge at the Walmart because if you knew where this Walmart was, you'd be surprised there's anything newer than an 86 Explorer in the parking lot. <laughs> okay. In 30 seconds, how did you like the F-150 Lightning? I like the Lightning. It's got 580 horsepower and it feels like it, uh, zero to 60 in about four seconds. Uh, good payload. Uh, it'll tow just about anything you want. But, man, it's expensive. This thing is close to $80,000. There you go. And used ones are going for that. So it's uh, it's it's pricey. Yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah. So if you guys go on TikTok, I don't go there very often, but uh, somebody said uh, this could be Stephen Cole Smith. Do I get a commission every time somebody looks at that? <laughs> Speedo. And it wasn't a Speedo. It was Speedo underwear. Oh, so only underwear. seems fair that I would give money for that. Yeah. Um, by the way, rainbow Crocs, which are like sandals. I know they're you're in Florida. They so speedo underwear, Crocs, a cane, and a wife beater T-shirt. Which I think that's not PC to say that anymore. But um, but got out of a lightning pickup, and they yeah. I thought that was you, but yeah, you know. I, I still don't see the problem there. <laughs> okay, we'll take a break. <laughs> be right back. Attention business owners. 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Oh, boy. All right. The network said, calm down, Alan. Calm down. That was not Stephen Cole Smith in the, in the Rainbow Crocs, the Speedo underwear cane. 
The guy's name actually I'll was... Tell you, it, it, could have, it could have been my Walmart, though. I'll tell you that for a fact. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, people go to Walmart wearing the funniest thing. There's actually a jillion videos of things that people wear at Walmart. So when I go to Walmart, I got to tell you, I feel so comfortable because it doesn't matter what you wear at Walmart. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, funny. you're you're in the upper percentile no matter what you have. <laughs> if it doesn't, if, uh, if there's not a butt crack. That's right. All right. So a lot of motorsports going on this weekend. Um, I know uh, behind you is going to be Let's see. What's his name? George Kennedy, who's a big F1 fan. He's going to try and talk about F1. I'll try not to let him. But okay. uh, it's going on at a strange place like Abu Dhabi, 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 wherever the name that's of that a, place. That's exactly where yeah. it is. Yeah, and exactly. I cannot pronounce it, but that's the race uh, this weekend. And the next weekend, it's in Miami, which is probably what George talked about. I went to the Miami Grand Prix last year. It's the first one. This will be the second one. And it should. it's kind of interesting. I think. I think there was a peak in Formula One popularity, and I think it came last year. I, I'm not hearing as much about Formula One or about the uh, Netflix series about Formula One as I did last year and the year before. So I'm wondering if F1 popularity is sort of declining a little bit. I guess we'll know when the TV ratings come out. Yeah. Well, that TV show you're talking about, I think that gave it a little lift. And there are people. Absolutely. I, I'm not one of those people. I have, you and I went to an F1 race together about, what's it been, five years ago or so? Been a while. Yeah. And it was fun, but it was fun for me because you were there and because some other yeah. friends, you know, it was fun. And we went with Shell and Pennzoil and we got to go down into the Ferrari pits and the pits and the, into where they do the fuel stuff. And it's, I mean, it's like, Going to NASA when you're yeah. talking about F1 racing, you know it's it's complicated. You know, I think that might have been almost ten years ago oh, instead of five. God. It's believe it or not. Yeah, I know. Um, I think we went to the first race at uh, Circuit of the Americas. Well, wait a minute. Um, wait a minute. Houston. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I know. I, let's see. I was under 300 pounds at that time, and I'm not right now. So yeah, it was. It was a good. It was a good ten years ago. <laughs> I'm playing. Yeah, so, I got up and and my joints only made a couple of pops instead <laughs> of just sounding like somebody is popping bubble wrap next to me. I know, right? It's funny. The years are going by, but okay. So next weekend is Miami, Abu Dhabi, Dabi Dabi, wherever that is. This weekend, again, I'm not an F1 fan, so we're just letting you know where it is. The right. Miami race, though, is uh, is through the streets of Miami, right? Yeah, it's uh, well, it's it's around the Miami Stadium, ah. uh, around the football stadium. Oh, okay. okay. Um, yeah, the streets will be at Las Vegas. That's, that's where they're what using it is. the actual streets. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's uh, going to be there premiering this year yep. for the first time. Now I'm supposed to I go guess to that premiere for the first time. I guess that that's kind of redundant. Yeah, right. That's that's, uh, that's, uh, yeah. that's me. That's, a, that's I'm a, being uh, Carl Brower again. <laughs> Oh, you're going to get in trouble with him. Um, uh, I, by the way, I got invited to go to the Las Vegas F1 thing. And I thought, you know what? That might be kind of fun because, like you said, Do it, man. it's premiering for the first time. <laughs> yeah, it is. It just rolls off the tongue. It's too easy to say that, <laughs> right. redundant or not. But. That's right. And then now premiering for the first time ever. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, we've um, seen that with cars before. Is there anything to watch for? And we have a commercial break in about a minute for this one that is uh, happening in Miami this next weekend. Well, I think more people are interested in NASCAR and what's happening in NASCAR than they are in Formula One. 
Um, oh, yeah. And NASCAR is going to be in Dover this weekend. Okay. There's a race tomorrow. It's called the uh, Worth 400. And uh, Dover, Delaware, on the concrete mile oval, that should be fun to look at. That's uh, coming on, I think, on Fox Sports 1. Right on. At uh, 2.11 Eastern Time. All right tomorrow all right well, hold tight let me let me just take this break they're yelling at me again i've been getting in trouble with the network more and more Uh-oh. all the time so I, you know i walmart was on the phone complaining about you know that they now are going to have to put a dress code in or something <laughs> zero butt crack tolerance it's it's man it's wrong i think it's i might as well go to target if, uh, if i can no longer show a butt crack <laughs> we'll take a break it's a good place to take a break we'll be right back word never carries a lot of weight never forget never settle never surrender and now dodge is proud to announce never lift the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up with the 475 horsepower durango srt 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo dodge charger and challenger and the introduction of dodge power brokers your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts for more on the never lift mindset go to dodge.com dodge is a registered trademark of fca us llc Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. And thanks to Dodge for sponsoring the show, Domestic, Not Domesticated. And a lot of uh, Dodge in the racing world uh, lately here. It seems like they have uh, powered in over the last, I don't know, what's it been, five, seven, six, seven, eight years? I don't know. Um, yeah, they have an NHRA, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, is Leah Pruitt still with Dodge? Uh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, but I noticed that she moved over because Tony Stewart, her husband, uh, right. I don't think they're working with Pennzoil anymore. They got a new sponsor, I think. Um, sure. Well, I think it mostly it's Mopar um, ah. that's sponsoring him. She, you know what? She's a class act. I like her. I've always liked yeah, her. Yeah, she and Tony both. I, I really like Tony, and he won his first race. Oh. You know, he's doing uh, alcohol, top fuel. Yeah. And uh, he won his first race last weekend. Oh, And wow. he'll be racing this weekend at the Four Wide Nationals at Charlotte, as, as will Leah. Wow. Now, you in the commercial break, you mentioned somebody got hurt in Dover. This weekend or the last weekend? Or um, well, it's, they won't be at Dover. They, uh, Alex Bowman, the driver of the uh, Hendrick Motorsports car, I think number 88, mm. likes to race sprint cars. He's learning in sprint cars. I did an interview with him in uh, Florida when he was racing down here and not doing very well because he's just learning the sprint cars. He's not like Tony or, or like Kyle Larson. He's somebody that's kind of new to it. He had a crash in, I believe, Iowa and flipped head over heels and came down so hard on the last flip that it broke a vertebrae. Oh, wow. So he's going to be out for four to six weeks, which is interesting because he's a Hendrick Motorsports driver, and Chase Elliott was out four to six weeks for a snowboarding accident. So Hendrick is going to have to just clamp down and say, listen, you guys are either going to race for me or you're not going to race. and. He keeps getting drivers hurt, and uh, it's 
you know, kind of affecting the bottom line there. So mm. when you're signed up for a sponsor and all of a sudden there's a guy named Josh Berry in the car instead of Alex Bowman or Chase Elliott, it's got to affect the money flow. So I imagine Hendrick is rethinking his policy of do anything you want when you're not racing for me. Oh, because yeah. uh, it's, uh, that's been kind of a problem. Mm. Well, you're right. I mean, you know, we uh, if you look at the uh, perhaps I'm trying to think of his name now. The, the, the my brain is completely not giving it to me. But the uh, the guy who started Hoonigan, who got killed uh, in a snow oh yeah snowmobiling accident. Um, oh, oh my God! I can What's see his, his name. <laughs> look at us, right? Um, <laughs> this is terrible. I know. I'm older than you. I've got a I've got an excuse. But. Anyway, it'll come to us when we stop trying to think about it. I know, but, but I know. He was not even racing. He was snowmobiling, having fun. Snowmobiling. And he got yeah. killed. So you're right. For the, the sake of, you know, you're talking millions and millions of sponsorship dollars, and these guys are, you know, getting hurt doing something outside of their profession that is where they need to stay focused on. I mean, it's still racing, but, you know, when you have a contract like that, boy, don't let anything get in the way. Right. Yeah. Well, there's some team owners that won't let you do anything extracurricular like that because they're so worried. I think Jack Roush was that way, I believe, yeah. to where, you know, if you, either you're racing for him or you're not racing. So Yeah. What other uh, what other things are going on in the world of motorsports this weekend? A lot of stuff this weekend. Everybody's racing. NHRA, like I said, is at the uh, Four Wide Nationals, the Circle K Four Wide Nationals. Hold on. In Charlotte. I just remembered it's Ken Block, for goodness sake. Block. <laughs> of course. God. Oh, my God. It just went boing. There it is. Ken Block killed a snowman. Our, our minds are too <laughs> caught up with things like lyrics to, uh, you know, Beatles songs and uh, stuff like that, the useless oh. things to actually process important stuff. Yeah, now. exactly. Poor guy. But uh, IndyCar is also racing there at Barbara Motorsports Park. That'll be racing tomorrow, as will NASCAR, as will the NHRA, mm. uh, which will be on Fox Sports 1, I think, after the NASCAR race. Mm. So plenty to watch this weekend from F1 to drag racing. Yeah. Everybody's on the track. Well, there you go. It's funny, I don't seem to watch TV as much as I used to. I think that the, I don't know about you, but the news and the stuff that's going on in the world, it's pushed me away. I just want to go yeah. do it. I want to go live it. I want to go experience it. And, um, yeah, I, I, I just think that um, it's, it's caused a problem. And, and I think the other side of it is, is that this little this little thing in my hand, this little phone that is controlling my every thought these days I, i've looked at it, i thought you know what i really feel like this little device is kind of like the tree of the knowledge of good and evil it's got everything in, and then all of a sudden i go to sit down i've already read that i've already heard that i've already seen that yeah. and i i'll so, tell you yesterday i was in the waiting room for my uh surgery which is mostly me and everybody except me, everybody except me was on the phone. I counted about 11 people out of maybe 15 that were on the phone. Well, I, uh, didn't, doing uh, something. I didn't know that you wanted to mention it on the air, but Steve is doing a sex change operation. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just haven't figured out which sex, so I've got a little bit of everything down there. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm so popular at Walmart. You never know what you're going to see. I love you, man. 
One of my favorite guys in the whole world, Stephen Cole Smith. You can find out more about him at Haggerty.com and uh, his writings there. Motorsports expert extraordinaire. A man. A real man. Well, for now. <laughs> well, till next week. We'll be right back with uh, George Kennedy. Oh, Lord. Forgive me, God. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. And it's time to talk to George Kennedy III. He is the co-founder of Cartender.com, vice president of the New England Motor Press Association. And he contributes to U.S. News and World Report, Car Gurus, Forbes, Wheels, and right here on The Drive. The guy's an animal. He joins us right now. Uh, George, um, by the way, isn't it this weekend that they're having some sort of a, uh, you're in or around the Boston area. Hold on. Let me go to this email I just got. Uh, here it is. There is something going on worth noting. The world's largest assembly of Satan worshipers happening in Boston, April 29th and 30th. Oh, <laughs> did you okay. Know okay. <laughs> I, I was previously unaware. I guess I'll have to dust off my Halloween costume. I'm telling you, just for the world's <laughs> to knowledge, uh, let's see here, uh, yada, yada, yada. Largest satanic gathering in history uh, happening in Boston, April 28th through the 30th, 2023. The convention is held at the Boston Marriott Copley Place. Copley, yeah. Copley Place. Well, tell- Tell Carl Brower that's not to be confused with uh, a Hellcat uh, Challenger gathering. I was going to say, is it demons or just Satan? No, that's a different. Yeah, there's no such car. Demons, as Satan. yeah, exactly. Satan, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so beware those in the inner around the Boston area. Yeah, it looks like it looks like I'm staying in this weekend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so um, you have been driving, and George likes to go very deep because he does the research. Some people skip a stone. He goes deep on his test drive reviews. 2023 BMW M2. What do you got? Well, this is one of the cars that I've been most looking forward to driving all year because the previous generation M2 is one of the best cars of the past decade. I mean, it's for everything that that BMW has gotten away from in terms of its sort of core tenants as the ultimate driving machine. Thinking back to the the car that really started that all, the E30 
M3 in the 1980s being lightweight, sporty, but also functional and a good daily driver. The 2 Series Coupe and the M2 are really the one of the few cars that still hold true to that as the rest of the brand has, we call it generation bloat. With every successive generation, you have to one-up the competition to make sure you got best in class or you're keeping up with the Joneses as it pertains to leg room, headroom, safety features, all that stuff. So all of a sudden, you know, an M3 from 20 years ago, you know, look at the, the new M3 today and it's fairly recognizable and that goes beyond just the, the, let's say, polarizing front end design of the M3. But the M2, the one here, is, you know, it's, it, it lives up to the performance. It takes an, a step further in performance and it's also a victim of, of BMW's current design language. I don't know. Maybe they made a deal with the devil uh, regarding design. But, uh, <laughs> but, but the, the, the design, I don't know if you've seen a picture of it. I, just like the, the other new M cars, like the 7 Series and the X7 and, of course, the M3, M4, it's got this very chunky, just absolutely nothing like the past. The only thing that really connects it is the twin kidney grill. This car is a smaller car. You are a larger man. And I say that because George is a big guy, six foot three, I don't know, six, seven hundred pounds, big man. Anyway, <laughs> every time you tell gets it, more, it right? keeps going up. <laughs> yeah. But I'm expanding faster than the universe. How did, how did you fit in there? So I think on, you know, if it was the M240 with uh, more conventional seats, I would have been able to slide in and out pretty easily. Once you're in there, it's great. What this car had was the optional carbon fiber sport bucket seats, which were very heavily bolstered. So that's the sort of things on the side that keep you from kind of rocking and rolling as you go in and out of a hard corner. They also had this like chunky little piece of carbon fiber like in the, the seat cushion in the bottom to keep your legs from sort of going side to side as well. So it was, it was a bit of a, I've never seen a car that, that wasn't either an exotic or, or at a roll cage that was as kind of awkward to get in and out of as this one, because you're sort of negotiating that, that little mini bolster in the middle of the seat as you're getting in and out of the car. Right. Well, I mean, BMW has always been a, um, driver's car and it's a performance car the ultimate driving machine in order to do that they got to keep you in that seat because you're going to be slinging that baby through the twisties so but once once you're behind once you're behind you know once you get in there there's a great amount of space all the controls are right where you want them there's space for your your water bottle and your keys and your backpack it's it still is the functional small performance car that that i was hoping it would be so the last time I drove an M2, I was pretty in- impressed. The, is this a real M, M being for performance, or is it an M package? That just oh, no, no, no. This is the real deal. Okay. And, and I should say that, you know, within BMW, there are, there's like the M line, and that's just right. sort of like the, they almost give that out like, you know, like, you know, gifts in a Cracker Jack box. Every, yeah. Everybody gets an M line. But if it has M plus the number, it's sort of between the regular model and the full M. In this case, that will be the M240 in the middle of the lineup. This is the full-on M2. It is every bit an M car. It's even gone a step further in becoming a more focused, more hardcore, more powerful. You know, this thing is a twin-turbo inline six that makes 453 horsepower. Oh, for that little tiny um, car. 
It does zero to sixty in three and a half seconds. Oh wow! It, it corners, you know, with absolute precision. The steering is the steering response is lightning quick. You look where you want it to go, and it'll go in that direction. Yeah, yeah, and that's the key. You don't look where you're going. You look where you want it to go. Uh, that's right. It's the one thing they taught us in racing school is. If you look at the wall when you're driving around and there's a wall, you're going to drive right into it. Look where you want to go, and somehow the hands and the car will follow. It's very interesting, kind of a strange spiritual driving physics. I don't know what to call it, you know? So it's funny. I remembered as you were sitting there, I kind of close my eyes sometimes when you're talking to become the the listener, the audience. And I have that effect on people. Yeah. Anyway, um, but many, many years ago when the M3 came out, the M3, no, no, the Z3M, that's what it was, the Z3M, um, this was, oh my gosh, this would have been 92 or something. This is how many years, we're talking 30 years ago. And um, I remember I took at a radio station that I was uh, doing my show at at the time, this show, by the way, that's how many years it's been on the air. I took the station manager for a drive, and he was the guy that actually came to work for this radio station from National Public Radio. And he was a real, just a real kind of a meek, mild-mannered guy. Nice guy. I mean, a really nice guy. And he goes, uh, take me for a real Alan Taylor drive. And I go, all right, <laughs> hold on to your hat. And I would tell you that I took that man for the ride of his life. And I thought to myself, what an awesome machine. And BMW M cars never disappoint. Never. We're going to take a break. George Kennedy with us. More on this little M2, 2023 M2 from BMW after this. Stay with us. This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru. Discover the all-new 2024 Subaru Crosstrek Wilderness. With exclusive technology and safety features, it's packed with upgrades to its off-road capability. Standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, 9.3 inches of ground clearance, 182-horsepower Subaru Boxer engine, and improved gearing to climb the toughest trails. See what's beyond the far boundaries of the map in a rugged cross-trek wilderness. Adventure on the Edge. Well, George Kennedy III is joining us. Uh, freelance automotive journalist works for many of the big brands out there. You hear like the, uh, what is it? Uh, the Drive. Oh, that's right, us. <laughs> and U.S. News and World Report, Forbes, Forbes Wheels. And uh, he's also vice president of the New England Motor Press Association. Congratulations, George. You're moving your way up from the trash guy when I first met you. Slowly <laughs> but surely, right? <laughs> do, I, do, do you ever have young people, young kids come, you know, you're driving this new car, and they're like, whoa, nice car. And they're like on their skateboard going by. And, you you know, for that moment, you feel kind of like uh, king of the world, you know, because you got Honestly, this it's. Yeah. Alan, it's mostly guys your age. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay, so I got to tell you a quick story. Quick story here. I had yeah. a, a Viper, and the reason why I bring the Viper up was 2016 Viper ACR, which is the American Club Racer oh, yeah. version with a big wing on the back, and V10 with a manual transmission, 
And you're talking about a 10-cylinder engine in a machine that is literally designed to be on a racetrack. That's the American Club Racer ACR. The, the, it was designed to be on a racetrack. Zero to 60. You ready for this? Exactly the same time as the BMW M2 for 2023. 3.5 seconds. And I thought that thing was faster than hell. And now today... The new Dodge Demon, the Demon 170, 1.66 seconds, 0 to 60. One point six. Yeah. It's just, it just shows they can just keep going. They're going to break the sound barrier at some point, you know? Well, and the, the difference is whereas the Viper is this raw thing that if you don't respect it, it will kill you. The, you know, <laughs> they've, right. made this, they've made this BMW M2 like a very focused machine, but yeah. like it's never dangerous. It's they have made this a very livable performance machine. And, and frankly, what I will say is that it's gone a little bit hard, you know, stiffer than, than previous versions in terms of performance and whatnot. And, you know, even if you look back at like the old 1990s M3, they were never as shake your, shake your feelings out stiff as I think people like maybe put it up on the pedestal. It was a balanced car. And so I think if you're looking for that balance, then go for the M240i, the model below this. It starts at you know twenty grand less, and it still has three hundred eighty horsepower, so it's no slouch. Mm-hmm. And that's, for my opinion, the perfect car is one that's got three fifty ish horsepower, and it can take a corner. Yeah. How much is this car? Twenty twenty three BMW M two. Sure. So the M two starts at sixty two thousand dollars. Our model, as tested, so. You know, the the specialty color, the carbon fiber seats, as well as carbon fiber, half the interior, brought the price up to $74,000. Now, it it sort of, to give a little bit of reference, the M3, the 473 horsepower, so more powerful M3 has a starting price of $74,000. But once again... If you're considering sort of the, the, the in-between model of, like, let me get something that's fun but is not as, as hardcore and focused, that M240i starts at $48,900. So yeah. to give a little context. It's just so – I hate to say this because now I'm letting the old fart me out. I'm just coming out of the closet that I am now an old man because that just sounds like so much money to me. You know? Right. Uh, well, I mean, the, the Corvette is still positioned as like that affordable, yeah, world class, and that's a sixty thousand dollar car now, yeah. right? And, yeah. You know, for never and ever, we said, oh, hey, you know, fifty thousand dollar Corvette, yada yada yada. It's sixty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, right? So, and you can either have that, and that's a, a head turning car, or you could have this, which has back seats. It has a usable trunk. I was able to get two golf bags and a, and a duffel bag and stuff in there with the seats folded. It's it's a comfortable. No, it's a, it's a nice driver. little car, but you're talking $75,000. Holy macaroni. My first house was only $72,000. I'm not that old, but I... See, you know, and that's where you make somebody my age hurt. I know, okay. right? Right? <laughs> Listen, my dad bought a house in Los Angeles for $19,000 in 1962. Right? So it's like, that same house is probably a million five now. And it probably hasn't even been painted since 62. Anyway, 
Uh, yeah, money is not worth what it used to be because you don't get as much for the money anymore. It's uh, I was at the the uh, the Jeep deal. I was getting my oil changed. My Jeep in ten months, I've put eleven thousand miles on it, and so this is my second, third oil change. Third, well, wait a minute. No, this is my second oil change because you go seventy five hundred miles. My Jeep is a diesel. I'm sitting in there waiting. Which I, I actually thoroughly enjoy. I know the car salesman, so we're sitting around BSing, and I'm talking to him, and 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 he says, uh, "Yeah, you got that little diesel. They're discontinuing the diesel in the Jeep, and matter of fact, they're continuing the eco diesel in all of the uh, the Ram 1500." And he goes, "I got one right there." I go, "How much is that?" Oh, he goes, uh, you know, "82, 82 thousand dollars for a half ton four wheel drive pickup truck." Ah, oh, what happened to the value Whoa. of the dollar? Hold still. We'll take a break. George Kennedy's here. He's going to talk a little bit about the F1 race this weekend. Don't go anywhere. Attention business owners. 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. And our show is brought to you in part by Subaru and uh, the all-new Subaru Outback. Go where love takes you, Subaru. Joining us right now is my buddy, George Kennedy. Kindred spirit car guys. That's what we are. Um, We both like Jeeps and off-roading and what have you. Uh, George, my Jeep is 10 months old. I've washed it once. And I have been, uh, today I was over at the title company doing something, and the lady, she says, uh, you driving that Jeep out there? And I go, yeah. She goes, looks like you've been off-roading. I go, no, that's just how it is. I don't wash it. I I like to not, let me tell you, it's got these rubber floor mats in the bottom, and they are full of dirt. I like to not wash it. It saves me a lot of money once a year, whether it needs it or not. So, anyway. Okay, you wanted to give me a little wrap-up on the BMW M2. Final thoughts. Yeah, so, you know, it has not only exceeded my expectations for the performance end of things, it shows me that BMW still still cares about making a smaller performance vehicle. My only big caveat with it is the styling, and it's, for all intents and purposes, that's just going to be the way things are for BMW for a bit. Yeah. BMW chairman Oliver Zipsey did an interview with Forbes recently where he said, paraphrasing, basically, we're doing this on purpose to get people talking about it. Mm. And, oh, wow. Okay. I yeah. think, I think yeah. uh, Bud Light did that a little bit here recently. <laughs> it, it, Ooh. Yeah, so BMW, just, <laughs> essentially, they're equating future 
looking styling with with controversy and stuff like that. But oh, we've seen timeless designs, and that's the problem is that, you know, some of the designs from the 90s with BMW are timeless, yeah. right? Yeah. So, you know, I don't think all of the bangle, Chris Bangle designs from the early 2000s aged terribly poorly, but we'll see what, how time will tell. And, you know, it, the, the, the proof is in the pudding when it comes to sales and are people going to show up to buy these sort of abstract looking vehicles or yeah, is that the whole it. point? Yeah, no. Um, and that could be the whole point is the more aardvark looking, maybe the better. I don't know. Cause to me, I'm not a well, big fan of this, this grill and all this. I, but I think it's, it's a contextual position because we as automotive journalists get to see everything. We're not in love with one particular brand over another. You know, we try to be, we try to be impartial, we try to see the whole field. Wait a minute. If I'm, are, I'm, I'm in love with a few brands over others, but anyway, yeah, go ahead. I know you are. So am I, but my point <laughs> being is that, you know, if you are buying one of these vehicles and as you put it, you know, the dollar isn't worth as much. You're putting a lot right. of your money into this vehicle. Boy, you no. want something that you know, your neighbor is going to ask about. Yeah. And in the eyes of the BMW, you know, board chair, even if that neighbor doesn't really like the design, they're still going to look at it and gawk at it and ask about it. Right. right. So I guess uh, no, I will, I will know, agree with news that. Is good news. I, I don't know. I listen, they don't make bad vehicles. They're awesome. It's just whether or not you like the snout or not, or the tail end or whatever the silhouette looks like. But, um, okay. You got two minutes on F1. I know you're a big F1 fan. There's an F1 race this weekend. What do you got? Yeah, so there's been a bit of a break. Like, there's been no racing the last basically three weeks. It was, you know, race one, race two, right back to back or ish, and then a three week break. And now we've got Azerbaijan Grand Prix in the streets of Baku. Really cool street race. And it's a really cool format, too. So, usually the way it goes is Friday, there are two practice sessions, Saturday, there's a practice, and then there's qualifying. And the qualifying sets up the order for the, the race on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And qualifying outside of the race itself is one of the most exciting parts. What F1 is getting into now is sprint races and sprint qualifying. Mm. So on Friday, basically they're combining both, right? So on Friday you're going to have a practice. Then you're going to have qualifying. And that qualifying is going to set up the order for Sunday. What happens on Saturday is they have another practice session And then they have something called sprint qualifying, which is essentially a hundred kilometer race. And they're going to have a shootout that's going to sort of limit the qualifying times. And it's, it's all in, in hopes of, you know, I watch this stuff every moment that it's on, right? I'll watch the practice sessions. I'll watch all the behind the scenes stuff. I don't, but they want there to be that, you know, like I said, qualifying is the next best uh, thing to the race itself. They want something that excite, exciting on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to get you watching. Well, and you know it, it's 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 exciting. It's fun. You have fun with that. I will be dealing with livestock. <laughs> That's been my life lately. All right, George Kennedy the third. Thank you, George. Appreciate it. Pleasure. Uh, you talked you about uh, the Viper. Uh, the Viper being the car that kills you. Um, I owned one, and, and boy, if there's a car that was out to get me, it was that one. Well, that's about it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.
word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up with the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC.